theyeshiva.net. So in summation, <coughs> the Gemara tells a story that Bluria, the convert, met Reb Gamliel, and she asks him how you reconcile the Pesukim, where Hashem does not show favor to anybody, lo yis upon him. And then in Birchus Koyanim it says, yis Hashem panovelecha. So Rabbi Yossi HaKoyan explains to her the contradiction. He reconciles the Pesukim through a parable. What is the metaphor, the marshal that Rabbi Yossi HaKoyan gives? A man owed his friend a lot of money. She converted. So this was before the conversion. Yeah, before the conversion, yeah. So a man owed his friend money. And he made up in front of the king and he took an oath that he's going to pay at a certain time. And he did not. He betrayed his word. He apologizes to the king and the king says, I forgive you. But now go apologize to your friend because you owe him money. In Yiddishkeit, Rabbi Yisrael says, Yisra Hashem panovelecha. Yisim to Hashem. He shows favor. He says, I forgive you. But la Yisra upon him. Yisim to somebody else. Ben Adam He says, go to your friend and apologize to him because I really cannot forgive you because this is not a crime against me. Kevayachel, he relinquishes his authority. He says, I would love to forgive you. But you have to ask forgiveness from the person you sin to, not from me. That's the pshat, layis upon him. Even in Abin Adam, so there's two elements. There's Abin Adam Lamakim and Abin Adam And even in Abin Adam there's two elements. That's the vart. Even in a sin, Abin Adam there's the element of Abin Adam If I lie to you, I steal from you. But in that also there's an element, Abin Adam Lamakim. It's also a sin to God. Right? It's against the Ratzon of Hashem. That element, he says, I could forgive you. Do tshuvi, ask Michal, I could forgive you. But like we say at the end of Mesech Yuma, the famous Mishnah, that Avedish uh, Adam Lamakim, Yom HaKippurim Echaper, Yom Kippur comes, I could forgive you. You ask forgiveness, I can forgive you. Avedish Ben Adam Lamakim, Ein Yom HaKippurim Echaper, Ad, Shiratzes Chavedah. You have to go ask forgiveness from your friend. Not because Hashem doesn't want to forgive you. Kevayachal, he, so to speak, can't forgive you. This was a sin. I can't forgive you for a sin you did to somebody else. You steal from somebody else a thousand dollars, then you come to me to ask Mechilas. <laughs> I forgive you. You didn't sin against me, you sinned against him, you have to ask him Mechilas. What is the Gemara that it says, Ebrei Sopani, Makbid, and Yustam Ficharu? It's the same Shailah. Ah, Abrochus, yeah, Abrochus. But it's the same. Medakta Kemaleim Ad Kazayis Ad Kabeit. It's the same Shailah. Right. Yeah. That's not what you answer. Right. That's not what you answer. Right. That's hard to. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why the Biyosi Hakoyin says you say? So the Ben Yehoyada says she asked him Gamliel the Biyosi Hakoyin since he's a Koyin, so he did Berachas Koyin every day. So he said, this is my expertise. I say every day, Yisra Hashem Panovelecha, let me explain to you what it means. Yeah, 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 very good. Says that? The Ben Yehoyada, yeah, the Ben yeah. He says, he was a Koyan, so he says, this is my department. Rabbi Gamliel was a Yisrael. And Gamliel was based of it. They're not Koyanim, they're Yisraelim. Shevet Yehuda. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is my thing. I know, in other words, I do Berchus Koyanim every day. I was taught. What's the right kavana? What's the right uh, meditation? The right thoughts? I grew up with this pasuk. I know what it means. It can't be a Talmud. Right, so that's an answer. Yeah, it's an answer. right. It means. 
I mean, right. even in our generation, it's different, but yeah. in there's a Tanoim. Right, right, right. We do all the time. <laughs> That's what Rabbi Yosei tells. Most of the time, we're wrong. Tells Blue Yosei <laughs> What's missing to you? Rabbi Saul Salante, the founder of the Musa movement, he once said, it says, um, um, uh, what did it say? David HaMelech says, Nipnala biyad Hashem uviyad Adam ala Literally it means he asked to die by the hands of God, not to fall in the hands of man, not to be killed, but to die a natural death, <coughs> which then in those days was a chiddush, you know. If you could die a natural death in your bedroom, it was already uh, quite an accomplishment. So Rabbi Saul Salant explained it, Alpid Rush, he said like this. This is classic to Rabbi Saul Salant, who was very, very into being Adam Lechavera, you know, Musa, and this. He says, Hashem. If I have to fall morally, I'd rather fall in something being Adam Lamakim or Vyad Adam Alapayla, not being Adam Lechavera. If I have to fall, if I have to fall prey to my Yitzhahara, better being Adam Lamakim than being Adam Lechavera. Once uh, Erev Pesach, so they were going to bake matzah. So his Talmudim asked him if there's any specific hidur that he has in baking over the matzah. You know, everyone has their different things. You got to change the sticks every, whatever, you know. Everyone has their different hidurim. So he says, yeah, yeah. The woman who needs the dough is a poor widow. They shouldn't scream at her. Faster, faster, faster. They shouldn't scream at her. They should uh, be very respectful to her. That was his... That was the hidu that he wanted in the matzah. So niplana biyad Hashem biyad Adam alapayla. Hashem forgives. Bin Adam lachaveda, you there. You have to be careful because Hashem can't forgive you. That's what Rabbi Yosi Akoyin says. Kam baveish bin Adam lamakim, kam baveish bin Adam lachaveda. Stam was an interesting. Uh, it's a tragic ma'aseh. There was a Jew. His name was Simon Wiesenthal. He was a Nazi hunter. He wrote a book called The Sunflower. He tells a story there. At the end of the... He was in the Holocaust. He was in the war. At the end, towards the end, he ended up in a hospital. And uh, there was a Nazi, a Nazi soldier that came in, like 21 years old, wounded, mortally, uh, really wounded in the war. And the nurse comes into Wiesenthal's room and she tells him that this Nazi asked if there's a Jew in the hospital. He wants to speak to him. So he goes up to the room, the young man is dying, and he says, before I die, I want to ask forgiveness to you from you for what I did. And he tells him a story that they were in Ukraine, the Einsatzgruppe with the SS, Dnepropetrovsk, uh, Yakutrinoslav, Dnepropetrovsk, and there was the shul in Dnepropetrovsk, and they gathered all the Jews into the shul, they poured kerosene, and they put it on fire. And Jews were jumping out of the windows, and they were shooting. Anybody who jumps out of the windows, they were shooting, and they all they were burnt alive there. And he says there was a family that jumped out of a window, a mother with children, and he shot them. And he says he grew up in a Christian home. He was supposed to be a priest, but then he went to the Hitler Jugend, the Hitler Youth, and really it was a very moral family, and he feels bad. And before he meets his creator, he wants to apologize, he wants to repent. Simon Wiesenthal asked himself, what am I supposed to do? He couldn't get himself to say, yeah, I forgive you. So he turned around and he walked out. And the Nazi died. 
No, a Jew was uh, with guilt. So after the war, this was driving him crazy. Was he right or was he wrong? So he wrote a letter to 50 philosophers and thinkers from all different religions to ask them what the right thing was to do, and he published them in a book called Sunflower. The interesting thing is every Christian told him, you had to forgive. You had to forgive. The Buddhists, of course, you had to forgive. Some Jews, yeah, but most Jews, we had rabbis there and this, told them you weren't allowed to forgive. One of them wrote to him, it was Heschel, who was a, a son-in-law, a Enoch of the Oye of Yisrael, the Aptirav, of Rom Yishua Heschel, Professor Heschel. He was from the seminary in Manhattan. It's a Kapishnitz, a family, and this. So, uh, so Professor Heschel wrote to him that he had a Zayda, the Aptirav, uh, not the Aptirav, um, he had a, he had there was a Psarov, I think he was a Rav in Brisk, one of the big Rabbana, who was on the train. And on the train, somebody, he was a small Jew, and there were Maskilim, they were like enlightened Jews, they didn't like him, they didn't. They were playing cards, they wanted he should join the card game, he didn't want. So they, somebody picked him up and threw him into another, picked him up and threw him into another train, into another cart. When they came to the city, they come off the train, this Rav got a big Kabbalah's upon him, a lot of Jews came to greet him. So this man went over to him and apologized. I didn't know you were uh, Adam Khashiv. I didn't know. Forgive me. He didn't forgive him. So later when he came home, the son of the Rav asked the Rav, you forgive everybody. Why didn't you forgive him? He said, I couldn't forgive him. It wasn't an insult against me. If he would have known who I was, he would have never done it. It was an insult against the Pasha Tayyid, the simple Jew that he doesn't like. He says, that I can't forgive. It wasn't me. If it was me, I could forgive so he said, he tells Simon Wiesenthal, there's six million Jews who were killed. How are you forgiving somebody for what they did to other people? How does that happen? There's no such a Matthias. I could forgive you at best for a crime you did to me. This crime, that crime. I can forgive you. It's a big thing to forgive, but at least I can forgive you. There's no such a thing. It's immoral for somebody to forgive somebody for a crime they did to somebody else. You hurt so you, you abuse somebody else, and I forgive you. What do you mean I forgive you? I'm the victim, go to the victim. Go to the, ask the six million for forgiveness. You can't forgive them. Not because, not because right or wrong, it's simply immoral, it doesn't make sense. What's the source for this? The source for this is this Gemara. <laughs> the source for this is this Gemara. The Melech says, I know I'm the king, but you have to go to the Chava. You didn't sin. What you sinned against me, I can forgive. What you sinned against him, I. Oops. I'm sorry. What you sinned against him, I can't forgive. Okay. Ah, Shabbat Akiva Vilimot. Huh? What? It's not working anywhere. It's not working anywhere. Okay. Ah, Shabbat Akiva Vilimot. Came Rabbi Akiva, Torah Bakiva came and he taught another way to explain the Psukim. What did Rabbi Akiva say? Kan Kaidim Gzardin, Kan Lach Gzardin. The Bakiva says the two psukim represent two times. Before the Gzardin, before there's a verdict, Hashem is nice upon him, he shows favor. Loyus upon him is after the Gzardin, and then he's not nice upon him. That's what the Bakiva explained it. If this is the case, we have a question according to Rabbi Yochan. What's the question? The question is Rabbi Yochan said that Shuvah. Mekaraz, the sugi began, Rabbi Yechanan says, Tshuva mekaraz gzardin, Tshuva destroys an gzardin, this was the shit of Rabbi Yechanan. From here, from Rabbi Akiva, we see it's not so poshit. 
And for the Gemara, Hachinami biyachid. Here too, you could be talking about a yachid. Rebbe Yachinam, like the Gemara said before, was talking about a rabbim. When you're talking about a rabbim, you have the Koyach HaTzibur, it's a whole other reality. When you have only the Koyach HaYachid, then there's a difference between before Gzardin and after Gzardin. So Rebbe Akiva was talking about the Yochid, Taka the Rabbim, if the Tzibur does Shuva, even Gzardin, even a verdict, even after there was a decree and a verdict, it still can get destroyed. Asks the Svasemes, Agavaldik Akasha, so Rebbe Akiva could have answered the Pesukim that way. He could have said, Yisa Hashem is talking about a Tzibur, even after Gzardin. And Asher Lo Yisaponim is talking about a Yochid after Gzardin. The answer is because a lecha sounds like a yachid. Yisa Hashem panav a lecha, not a lechem, is lashin yachid. It sounds like a yachid. That is Yisa Hashem panav a lecha. That's why he says it's before gzardin. The Toysfus on top of Yitchesam et Aleph brings the second answer. You see, the Pedic Bastard, the Nidim, Mashani Nami Hachi. In Nidim, he also answers this way. Vav a Matsi Lishnuya, Kadama Kalua, Kadwarukhulamalach, Hashaz a Pedic Misha Mesa. The Gemara says in Brachas that the Malachim asked Hashem, how do you say Yisa Hashem Panavei Lecha, Hashem Lo Yisa Panam? So Hashem told the Malachim, V'lo Yisa Panam Li Yisrael, Ani Amayti V'achalta V'savato V'erachta, V'heim Diktiku Ad Kazayis Ad Kebetza. I told them you should bench only when you're satiated. And what do they do? Even if they eat a Kazayis or a Kebetza, size of an olive or the size of an egg, they still bench. How can I not show favor to them when they... Bless me even for a kazayis and a kabetza. So Taisman says that's another explanation. He says it's not a contradiction. That's true. But even the Jewish people, he's nice upon him, it's before gzardin. When were you dealing with a yachid? Were you dealing with a tzibur? Then there's no limitations. Who couldn't answer? Vaita. Right. But Pashtos, if it would have said Rabbi Akiva Oimer, it would mean Rabbi Akiva is arguing on the idea that Rabbi Yosei is saying. Usually you have Rabbi Meir Aimer, Rabbi Yehuda Aimer. Right? This one says, this one says. It would have sounded Rabbi Akiva is arguing. Rabbi Akiva is not arguing that there's a difference between Avedis ben Adam Lamakam and Adam Lachavedah. So Rabbi Akiva is not arguing with him. He agrees. Rabbi Akiva is just saying that even Avedis ben Adam Lamakam, where we said... This complete forgiveness, because you don't have to ask anybody else, you just ask Hashem. Even there, there's the condition that the Mechila comes before Gzardin. L'chayda, that's the Pashtas Devart. At Shabbat, Rabbi Kiva Valimir. Rabbi Kiva was Moisif, something else. Zog de Gemara That what? That even after Gzardin? But he wasn't a Yachid. He was a Yachid. So fakir. Why was there Gzardin? It was no Gzardin. You mean he never learned? You say because Kayachat Sibur. Because Rebekah had Kayachat Sibur. 
There's Talmidim and everything. In other words, he's saying that Akiva's life represented this. Huh? That he never, th- he didn't feel there was a gzar din on him that he can't learn. That's what he's saying. No, he's saying from the Maisa with the rock. He saw that the rock got indented from the water. He realized there's no gzar din. Akiva's presence taught that you can always change. Right, right. Rabbi Yochanan maintained clearly that a gzardin of a yachid does not get torn up. I tshuva tears up every gzardin. That's the tzibur, not the yachid. That's what Rabbi Yochanan maintained. That was the sugi of the Gemara till now to distinguish between tzibur and yachid. Now the Gemara continues and says the truth is gzardin the yachid tanoihi. There's really a machloikus of Tanoim about a gzardin, a verdict on an individual, not on a tzibur. Tanya will enterprise how the mayor, Emir Mayor said, Shnayim Sha'alulamita, two people that ascended a bed, in other words, two people became sick. The Chalion Shava, and their illnesses is similar to each other. The Chay Shnayim Sha'alulagardim Lidin, or two people who ascended the garden to be judged. Rashi says, What's the garden? It's the courthouse where they judge capital crimes, capital with his capital sentences. How does he touch Gardam, Rebbe Litzman? Huh? A place? A, meet, a meeting area. A meeting area where they discuss it, where capital. they judge where people are judged on capital offenses. Vidin and Shava, they both committed the same crime. Zeyarat. One went down from the bed, in other words, he healed. This one did it. This one was saved from the capital sentence. This wasn't saved. Rashi says, It's not like it was different crimes. They were both taken for one crime. This one recovered. From the, from the meeting place, his verdict was, was positive, he was exonerated. Why? Why? So he says, This one prayed, and he was answered from heaven. The other one also prayed. Why? This one, Davin, a complete wholesome tefillah. He was a response. It was a response. This one not. This is Rebbe Meir. Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe Lezer says, No. Khan, the one who was answered, was Kaidim Gzardin. Before there was a final edict. Khan, the one who wasn't answered, he also David, but it was La'acha Gzardin. It was after an edict. Rabbi Yitzchak Amar, Rabbi Yitzchak says, Nyafet Saika La'adam, Ben Kaidim Gzardin, Ben La'acha Gzardin. A cry works, is beautiful, it works, it's suitable, it's effective for a person. Before the verdict and after the verdict. In other words, even after the Gzardin, Tefillah always helps to destroy the Gzardin. So we have here an argument between Rebbe Lazar and Rebbe Yitzchak. Rebbe Meir says there was something missing in the Tefillah. It wasn't a Tefillah Shleim, but Rashi says in the Skaven, Tefillah Shleim means it was with full Kavon. That's Rebbe Meir. But what does Rebbe Lazar say? It was after Gzardin. After Gzardin, his Tefillah doesn't help, his Tshuva doesn't help. Rebbe Yitzchak says no difference. Yofet Tzaykel Adam, it always helps. There's no difference. Yeah. That's Lechayda. Yeah, just one second. 
It's mashma that Rabbi Yitzchak holds like Rabbi Meir, right? Rabbi Yitzchak rejects Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar says, Rabbi Lazar says it's because of Gzaydin. There's no, nothing to do. Tefillah always helps. You have to say that the Tefillah wasn't the same caliber of Tefillah. Or maybe he holds as another Chesh, but not like Rabbi Meir. There's something else. We always know why. We don't always know why. Could be it's a third shita. We don't know. It's not, don't blame it on the Tefillah that he couldn't dive. Maybe he dive it. Could be there's other reasons. So either he holds like Reb Meir, or he holds a third sheet. He doesn't say clearly. Reb Meir doesn't get involved in this. Reb Meir says it has to do with the tefillah. Reb Lazar says it has to do with Zardin. Reb Yitzchak maybe says, I don't know why it happened, but it's not because tefillah doesn't work. Yes, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Um, the writing kind of is, is a Latin word for So Gardim is a, a Latin? And what does, it, what does Gardim mean in Latin? Grade? Gradation. A place that was graded? It comes from a Roman judge. Okay. We got answer. The answer no. Huh? We got answer. Right. Yeah. That's a quote, yeah? That's a quote. You know who? Waxman. Waxman, right? Esther Waxman. Huh? It was an Israeli soldier's name was Nachshon Waxman. He was kidnapped. And uh, you remember she, his mother asked everybody should light candles for him uh, for Friday. And they made a raid, and, and he was killed and out uh, of Shabbos once. So they interviewed her, and they asked everybody, prayed, you prayed to God, what happened? He ignored you, he didn't listen. She said he listened, and his answer was no. That's what she said, his answer was no. Yeah. No, but who says the who's the member? I mean, I'm a I'm a Shivim Shana, even a Zardin of Shivim Shana. I mean, Yeah, yeah, that's what the yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, and even if it's a yachid, you don't need a tzibur. Right. Even a yachid. I don't remember. Zagdi gemada uksar did the tzibur mi mikra, and a verdict of a tzibur, you're saying according to everybody, gets torn up, gets destroyed. Even Rabbi Yochanan, even Rabbi Lazar would agree. Vaha, over here it's also not so pashut. Kasev echadoyimer. One pasuk says in Yirmi Yapedik Dalid. Let's read the pasuk. Kapsi meira libech Yerushalayim leman tivashei ad masai tolin bekirbech machshavos oinech. It's a beautiful pasuk. Wash out kapsi. Wash out from evil your heart. Wash your heart from negativity Yerushalayim, so that you will be saved. How long will you leave thoughts of iniquity to sleep with you, to dwell with you? Ad masai tolin bekirbech machshavos oinech. Hear me a pedig dalit. In other words, we see, if you wash out your heart from negativity, it's fine, your shalayim is saved. Uksiv, another pasuk, also Yermia. Kiyim, techapsi baneser, v'sarbi lachboiris, nichtam avoynech lefanei numa denoyalehim. Which means, Hashem tells the Jewish people, even if you will wash out your sins with neser and boiris. Neser and boiris are... Uh, Lies. 
<coughs> detergent, soaps, right? What do they say? Niter and soap. Okay. Nesser and boiris. So even if you wash out, even if you wash yourself out, kiim, even if you wash yourself out with these various detergents, nonetheless, nichtam, the stain, kesem, of your sin is in front of me. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. It's in front of me. It seems like from here, my love, how do you reconcile this? Kapsi is talking before the Gzardin. So you could just wash it out. Kapsi, wash it out. It's all gone. The Khan, the Posik, even if you wash it out, Nichtim, there's still the stain, is Lachakzadin. And here we're talking about the Tzibur, not the Yachid. Yermi is not addressing an individual. He's talking about Klal Yisrael. So it seems from here, a contradiction to everything we discussed before about a Tzibur that a Gzardin always gets destroyed of this Tzibur. So the Gemara Loi, there's no issue. Idi v'idi Lachakzadin. Both are talking about after Gzardin. Veloi Kasha, it's not a contradiction. Khan, Bigzardin, Sheyashim, Oishvua. When he says there's still a stain, it's a gzardin, which Kevayachel comes with an oath. So to speak, Hashem swore to be Mekayim, the verdict. And then, even the Tzibur, one can't destroy it, one can't obliterate it. The Khan, the Pasuk that says you could just wash it out, it's not before gzardin, it's also after gzardin, but it's gzardin, she'enim o'ishvua, without an oath. And here, Rabbi Yochanan said that it can always get transformed and obliterated. Some say it was Rabshmol, the son of Nachmeni, not the son of Ami. How do you know that if there's a verdict together with an oath, it does not get torn? Shenemar speaks about Eli Hakoyim. What's the story of Eli Hakoyim? The last, the Mishkan in Shiloh, before the Beis was built, the Mishkan was in Shiloh. For hundreds of years, there was no Beis HaMikdash when the Jews came into Eretz Yisrael. And the Mishkan went to different places. The place where it was most was in Shiloh, which, where it was 369 years. The last Koyen Godl in the sanctuary of Shiloh was a man named Eli. Eli was a prominent human being. He was the Koyen Godl for 40 years. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And Eli had two sons, Chafni and Pinchas. They came from Itamar. Aaron had a son, Itamar. Right, They were descendants of Itam. Chafni and Pinchas, the Tanakh describes as criminals. They used their position in the Kohuna to do terrible things. The Gemara says, with the women that used to come there, and uh, what that is, exactly what they did. They got money. They got rich from it. They, they got rich from it. They would take all the best pieces for themselves. They felt that the Mishkan belongs to them. It was, it was a, a, a for-profit organization, it was a private domain. It belonged to them, and they were very, very manipulative. People came to the Mishkan. You know, people give money. People bring carbonus. And the Kayanim are servants. They're Avdei Hashem. Chafni and Pinchas transformed the whole Kohuna into a corrupt enterprise. You can relate to this concept, anybody? Sometimes you have this concept. You were said it. Huh? Yeah. Now, the Pasuk is very sharp. The Pasuk says they used to sleep with the women who came. Chazal say, uh, Chazal say they made them stay overnight, they would delay their carbonus, you know, they would they were just manipulative to people, and because they took them away from their husbands. So it's a very serious thing to create separation between wives and husbands. And this was after they had birth, they would bring a carbon, they were for a long time not home. So it's considered a very serious thing. But the point is that Chafni and Pinchas, they corrupted 
this sacred position, and people are vulnerable. They, you know, you come with a carbon, you're vulnerable, and they used it for their benefit. So uh, Eli was told about Chafni and Pinchas, but nothing was successful. Nothing was successful. So the Gemara is now going to discuss this story. Shmuel Hanavi tells Eli, he says this, Lachain nishbati lebeis Eli. Hashem says, I made an oath on the house of Eli. In Yishaper avoin beis Eli bezevach b'mincha ad oylam. The house of Eli will not be forgiven, even with a sacrifice and an offering forever. Why? Because it's a gzar din How could you say forever? What if there'll be tshuva? What if there'll be tshuva? The answer is that here there was a gzar din, and it's a gzar din with a shvua. I what's the ayah from here? You could say it's a yachid, it's Eli. What's the raya that it's also by a tzibur? And what do you think the answer is? The pshat is, the gzeda wasn't on one person, it was on the whole family of Eli for generations. Where do you have a tzibur as much as that? It's a homish bacha. It's not like we learned before people in a ship are considered yechidim over there. It's different families, it just happened to end up in a ship. Here it's people who are deeply connected to each other organically. So from here you learn that even a gzar din on the tzibur, if there's a shvua, it's not so, it's not so pashat. It's here, it doesn't make a difference. Bucket Avonovas Abonam is is hefts. So that's why it says so we're soon going to see. We're soon going to see. The Pasuk says, it's interesting, this is one of the most, this crime of Chafni and Pinchas is taken so seriously because there's people who sin, but then there's people who turn the whole Beis HaMikdash into a corrupt enterprise. Sometimes a person sins, sometimes a person that takes the source that everyone holds holy and they corrupt it. And in a way, that's much worse. A person wants to sin, okay, that's between them and Hashem. Here, when you represent the Beis HaMikdash, what you do is you destroy God for everybody. You understand? It's like when certain types of people do certain sins, they're not just sinning. They take God and they destroy Him because what, what they made Jews to feel is that the Beis HaMikdash is a corrupt place. There's nothing going on there. They took the center of Kedusha and they turned it into a different enterprise. The Tanakh says that uh, whoever used to come with a carbon shlomim, they would take a mazlik god, they would take a, a huge fork and put it into the pot where the meat of the shlomim would cook and they would take for themselves whatever, uh, even if it didn't belong to them, whatever, whatever came up in the pot and sometimes they would take from the raw meat before the carbonus were, before the fat was put onto the mezbeach. So it was a bizarre for the carbonus, it was a bizarre for the people. Now again, Tanakh says they used to sleep with the women who came. So the Mefart, the Chazal already say, some say it's Kipshutai, the Chazal also say that it's not Kipshutai. But the point is that Eli, Eli did not rebuke his children the way he should have. And the Navi was told, was sent to him to tell this to him. And he told him that the Kohuna Gedoyle is going to leave his family. His children are going to, his children are going to be poor. Chafni and Pinchas are going to be poor, etc. Now, Rava says, there's a diuk here. There's a good news. It says the oath to Eli is that they won't be forgiven through a carbon. 
that's not going to work for them. In Kategen Nasasaneger. You understand? They are the ones who desecrated the carbon. So the carbon is not going to work for them because the prosecutor doesn't become the advocate. Right? They destroyed carbonus. The sin of Beis Eli could get forgiven any time in Torah, through Torah. Abaya Omar, Abaya says, Torah and In other words, it's mashma from Abaya, you need both. You need Sai Torah and you need Sai Gemilas Chasadim. I we learned before Gzardin, even on a tzibur, even a tzibur which has a shvua ainu nikra by and Rabbi say yeah through Torah and 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 Gemilas Chasadim yeah. Starach Lener says that's lechatchil of Gzeira. The Gzeira is that with Torah and Gemilas Chasadim there's no Gzeira. That's lechatchil of the Gzeira. And the Gemara tells here a story. Rabbe va'abaye me the base Eli ka'asu. Rabbe and Abaya came from the house of Eli. One of the one of the gzeris, one of the things the Navi told Eli is that the descendants are going to die young. The descendants of Eli are going to die young. And Rabbe and Abaya came from that family. Rabbe the Asik Rabbe learned Torah. Chaya arboyin he lived for 40 years. Abaye the Asik B'toyre G'milas Chasadim Chaya Shittin Abaye was involved in Torah and in G'milas Chasadim and in kindness, acts of kindness. He lived for 60 years. Rashi says, Abaye V'ravim B'debeis Eli Asu. Rashi says, Rava, you see, it doesn't say Rava. Kach Shamati. This is what I heard, that it was Rava. But we have a problem. In Mesech Techulin it says Rav is not a Koyin. Eli was a Koyin. V'shema ima mi beis Eli hoisa. So you have to say Rav's mother came from Eli. How many years later? A long time. A thousand years. V'yesh goyst in Rabbe. Some say it's Rabbe. V'abaye. Not Rav and Abaye. V'mefarshi lo b'rabbe b'nachmeni. This would work well. Because... Because exactly, Abaya was raised by Rabbi, the son of Nachmeni. In fact, Abaya's father, Abaya's father, was Nachmeni, right? And that's why his father died. So who took him in? His uncle, Rabbi. Rabbi raised him. Abaya was an orphan, and he taught him. That's why he called him Abaya. Why did he call him Abaya? Because really, some say his name was Nachmeni, but he didn't want to call him by his father's name, so he called him Abaya, which is like Avi. My father, because he had his father's name, Nachmeni. The Rizal says he was called Abaya, Abaya's Rashatevis, Asher Becha Yeruchem Yasem. There's a Pasuk in Hesheya. In you, God, an orphan will find love and compassion, because he wasn't nurtured by a father. Asher Abaya, Asher Becha Yeruchem Yasem. So that's why Rashi says it was by Nachmeni, so it works very well that they came. They came from, from Beis Eli, who are kind. So since Abaya was turning Milus Chasadim, he lived for 60. Rabbe or Rava, according to one version in Rashi here, he was, it was uh, 40. Ah? Abai was a Kayan? Abai was a Kayan? Who? Ah, ah, ah. He was Isaac and Ah? 
For sure, he's a question. question. Let's see a story. Wasn't he punished because he didn't pay his bills to the interpreter? You mean at the end of it there? Oh, that's a tough story. That's a tough story, I hear. Tana Rabbana, the rabbis taught. The rabbis taught Mishpacha Achas Hoysa B'Rishalayim. There was a family in Yerushalayim, Shahayu Meisah Meisah B'nei Shemayin Esrishana. Shahayu Meisah Meisah B'nei Shemayin Esrishana. They would die at the age of 18. Bo Veidiyus Rabbi Yechina Ben Zaka. They came to Rabbi Yechina Ben Zaka. What are we supposed to do? Om Alehem. You know what he said to them? Shema Mishpachas Eliyatam. It could be you come from Eli's family. The Ksiv Bey, it says by Eli, V'chol Marbiz Beischa Yamusu Anoshim. The Navi tells Eli in Shmuel Aleph, Shmuel Aleph Perik Beis, he says, V'chol Marbiz Beischa, those who come from your home, Yamusu Anoshim, they will die as men. When a person becomes 18, he's considered an ish, he's considered a man. So what should you do? Go immerse in Torah and you will live. What did they do? The family lived. People stopped dying. So they called the family. This is the family of Rabbi Yechen. And since basically he gave them a ticket to life, so through him they got a Rishis Yom. Ah. Now it's interesting. Rabbi Yochanan didn't tell them to be Oisik and Gbilas Chsadim. He only told them to be Oisik Betayra. Either he holds like Rav, or they were already Oisik with Gbilas Chsadim. They were a very kind family. He just said you should also be Oisik Oisik and Taira. Take a look at Taisvis. Ah? Usually, Gzar is not for so many generations. This is a lot of generations. Abaya and Rav is after Rabbi Yochanan and Zakh. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakh is the end of Bayesheni. Abaya and Rav is hundreds of years later. Ah? I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer to that question. That's what he just asked. My Sabbath saying be a day. How can he remember the sin if, if they're not holding on to their sin? What's the. Apparently, this is a completely different get it. It's not a. It's not a void of voice. It's a shur. It's a something, something in the. Something. Let, let, me, let me put it a little differently. You're asking a shaila. It says, Poiket Avoin Ovis Albonim. Hashem only punishes the sins on the children if they hold on to the sins. What's right. This is how many years later is this? This is a Mishkan Shilai. This is a few hundred years after they went into Tisra. You still have 400 years of the first Beis Hamikdash, 400 years of the second Beis Hamikdash, plus another few hundred years. Abaya was more than a thousand years after Eli. The yeah. Yechonim and Zaka was close to a thousand years after Eli. It's a whole different thing. Huh? So in other words, I just want to put it a little differently. Different neshamas come down to the world with a different mission. Every soul has its mission. Apparently, everybody from base Eli, their neshama came down to the world for a specific amount of time. Exactly what the cheshben is, it doesn't mean that they sinned. 
doesn't mean they're guilty for what Ailey did, what Chafni and Pinchas did. Again, I'm not explaining anything because I don't know. <laughs> Let's see Toysvis. Rabbe va'abaye medebeis Eli ka'asu. Rabbe and Abaye came from the house of Eli. Zok Toysvis. Rabbe chaveire shal Abaye loy have a Rabbe was not a koyin kedemuchach upeire kazeroya. The Gemara says in Chulin that Rabbe could not get matnois kohuna. The Gemara says over there that uh, <coughs> Rava had a servant who was a Kayan and he asked him a certain part of meat and he wanted to eat the tongue and he asked him if he could save a piece for him. You see clearly that Rava himself couldn't get Matmas Kona because he wasn't a Kayan. So he wasn't from Beisaili. So the Pshat is, here we're talking about Rava. We're talking about Rava... Ah, what do you say? Chaveder shul Reb Chizda who was taka koyet. V'chein mashman nami bepedik basu de moyet cotton. This is being an interesting raya. Da my rava rava said chaye bano mezayna loy b'schusa talian milsa lo b'mazolat talian milsa. Rava said life, health, children, and parnasa is not dependent on schus. It depends on mazol. The ha rabbi Reb Chizda tavayot zadikim gemurim ava. Rabbi and Rebchizda were both tzaddikim, full, complete tzaddikim. Mar matzli vasa mitra, mar matzli vasa mitra. This one davened for rain, and it came, this one davened in rain. In other words, they were both tzaddikim, gmurim, they davened for rain, and it happened. Nonetheless, Rabbi Chaya Abayashir, Rebchizda Chaya Tishin Rabbi lives for 40, and Rebchizda lives 90 years. In our Gersing Gemara, actually says 92 years. Here also, we see Rabbi lived 40 years. So what do we see from here? Rav said, it's not totally in schus, it's totally in mazel. In other words, it's a different cheshbon. It's not always he died 40, he died 90, it's because he had bigger schus and he was a bigger tzaddik. No! He's a tzaddik, he's a tzaddik. You see, we don't always know the reasons. It's lav b'schus Italian mills. It's mazol Italian mills. What does mazol mean? Mazol doesn't mean bad luck. Mazol, mazol means, in other words, it has to do with, you know, who they are, with their neshamas. Mazol, what do we mean by mazol here? Mazalus, it means, yeah, it has to do with the constellations, but in other words, it has to do with their, their mission in life, their destiny, their journey. It's not always to do with schusim. They were both tzaddik and gemuda. But what do we see from here? That it's a rabbi who lived 40, 40, uh, 40, years. 40 years, and he's connecting it to mazala. Also, one second. How does Ravin know that it's mitzad mazal? Dilma mishum the rabbi also the base You just explained. It has to do with Beis That was his love. <laughs> <laughs> you say, it was a special gzeda, it's not mazel. So listen, v'yashloimah, the pshat is, v'afilu hachi elav mazel avamegin elav schus toyna. If not mazel, the schus of toyna would have protected him. But since there was also the element of mazel, so his journey was a different journey, he passed away by 40. It sounds from this Gemara that Rabbi didn't have the schus of Gemilus Chsodim. Abaye, yes, Rabbi not. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Abaye told his teacher and his stepfather, Rabbi, Master, you have Torah and you have Gemilus Chsodim. If it would be Rav, it would make sense, but if it's Rabbi, it doesn't make sense. 
doesn't mean Rabba was a big Lemel Ches, but you can't compare to Abaya. Abaya was a much greater, much more involved in Gmilas Chesodim. So therefore, the Schus of Gmilas Chesodim, he lived for another 20 years, he lived till 60. Reb Shmuel Bar Inya said in the name of Raf. How do you know? So what do we? What's the maskana here? That a gzar din with a shvua is unique. A gzar din with a shvua is absolutely unique. That's how we reconcile the psukim and yirmiya. But a gzar din without a shvua, of course, you can transform. And even with a shvua, you see. That is Torah, that is Gmilas Chesadim. Zagdi Gemara, Reb Shmuel says in the name of Rav, How do you know that a verdict of the community is never sealed? In other words, it's always in limbo, you can always change it around. Zagdi Gemara, wait one second. What do you mean? You just brought a Pasuk, that your Avayn is, is Nechtam. In other words, even if there was Shuvah with soap and shampoos and detergent, there's still a stain of the Avayn. In other words, it remains. That means there's an element of nichtam. Nichtam here is not with a ches, it's with a chaf, which comes from the word kesem. But it means there is a stain, which sounds like it's after gzar din, and therefore uh, therefore uh, you can't be at mavatl so easily. Some actually say that ches and chaf are interchangeable. So the Gemara is learning that nichtam with a chaf is like nichtam with a ches. But there is a concept of chesima. Ela the pshat is afal gav shenechtem nikra. Rav didn't mean that there's no nechtem; it's never sealed. He just means that it can always be torn. How do you know that a gzar din of a tzibur is never sealed to the point that it can't be changed? Shenemar Moshe tells the Jewish people in Parshas Veschanan. Let's read the pasuk. Ki migoi gadol asheloya lehim kroivim elov kadenoya lehenu bechol kareinu elov elov. Who is a nation that Hashem is so close to him, like Hashem our God? Whenever we call out to him, you don't have that. What's Pshat Bechol Koreinu Olav? Always. Whenever you call out to him, there's a response, even after Gzardin. This is Rav's point that in Sibur, there's no such a thing as a Gzardin and it's over. Frag the Gemara of Aksiv, it says, the famous Pasuk in Yeshaya, Dirshu Hashem bi Matsoi Kro'u bi Karav. Search Hashem when he's found. Call out to him when he's close. What do we see from this Pasuk? You have to search Hashem when He's present, be when He's found. And over there we're talking about the concept of tshuva. Yazif Roshadarka, Ishav and Machshavosov. So it sounds like that it's not Bechol Karenu Ahalav. He's available whenever you call out. And for the Gemara, Hasem Beyachid, Hachibit Sibur. The Pasik Behimotze is talking about a Yachid who does tshuva. We see it says Yazev Rasha Darkoi Vishav and Machshav. We're talking about an individual over there. You have to search him when he's present. Here we're talking about a tzibur b'chol kareinu alav. Whenever you call out to him as a tzibur, he is present. Taka, when is Hashem present for the individual? You say Dirshu Hashem When is this time that you say Hashem is present? You should search him. It's the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur that says Simei That's the time that Hashem is behimotzoi and korev for the yachid. For the tzibur, the whole year is like Aser Simei You can understand for the tzibur, Aser Simei is much, much stronger. The chiddush is that even an individual Jew, biyachid emas, those ten days, kevayachal Hashem says behimotzoi, he's present.
Both. Both. So, it's an interesting lashon. Ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. What's pshat? Some say the first moment of Rosh Hashanah is already Rosh Hashanah. The last second of Yom Kippur is Yom Kippur. So between that, there's ten days because it's Rosh Hashanah also. But the truth is, it's mashma. There's an Indian of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in which it's similar to the to the other seven days. It's only seven days between them, right? There's an element of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in which it's similar to all the seven days. In that sense, it's ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and then there's the element of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur that sets them you apart, unique even from the seven, even from the other seven days. Okay, last piece here. There's a story, so a very interesting story in Tanakh and Shmuel. David was a fugitive. He was being chased and hunted down by his father-in-law Shaul Hamelech, who wanted to kill him. He was very vulnerable. And he was very, very uh, concerned for his life. I mean, as you read Tehillim. And at some point, David HaMelech was running away. And David's chevre, David's na'arim, David's uh, troops, David's friends, encountered a man named Novel. Novel was a very, very wealthy man. Novel HaKarmel lived in a place of Carmel. He was also unscrupulous. He was also a drunk. He was also a party animal, <coughs> and he was quite narcissistic. Kishmoy Kenu, the Gemara says, Novel Meloshin Novala, the Pasuk says. David's Chevre, the Plishtim, the Philistines, would always attack the Jews. They would make raids, they would come, they would kill, they would destroy to steal. And David's people, he told them, protect Novel. Novel had a lot, a lot of sheep, he was very wealthy. And David was a fugitive with his people. They were in the fields, but they were trained for combat, they had to protect themselves. So they protected the sheep of Novel. They protected it from the plishtim, they protected it from animals. And then they were starving, so David sent them to Novel to get some food, to get some drinks. Instead of giving him, instead of giving them, Novel gave this whole speech that he's not going to give them a morsel of bread, he's not going to give them a bite, he's not going to give them a drink, they should get out of here, and he insulted and denigrated and cursed David and all of his people. David HaMelech was furious, and he went with his lads to, to Novel to fight him. On the way, Novel's wife, Avigail, who the Gemara says was a unique, Chazal say was a unique, unique woman, she came to David, and she gives him this fiery speech, fire and brimstone, and she convinces him to stay back, to calm down, and David leaves. This was Avigail. Her husband was drunk in the meantime. When he sobered up from his drunkenness, she told him that she gave food, she brought a gift, she gave food and drinks to David. And the Pasuk says, he got so upset, he got sick. He got sick from the fact that she gave food to David. He was sick for ten days and he died. After ten days... Novel died, Vayamas, he passed away. That's the story. How does this come in here? 
Frag the Gemara, Mayavid Tayyav, what's up, ten days? Omer Abiyudamarav, Keneged Esser, Legimus, Shenosa, Novel, Avde David. Because the ten lads that came to David, he gave, he gave each of them. <coughs> he tainus that even though he sent them away and he didn't give them enough, but he gave each of them, ten of them, he gave one suda. Ten legimois. Uh, what's a legima? A gulp. A gulp. Ten gulps that he gave to Avde David. So that's why his death was delayed ten days. Reb Nachman says, Reb Baravua, something else. What did Reb Baravua just say? The ten days was the Aserisim Tshuva, when everybody could do Tshuva, and he died only after Aserisim Tshuva. That's why it says, Hayyamim, Vayigav, it was Aserisim Hayyamim, is Aserisim Tshuva. That was the uniqueness. It was Aserisim Tshuva. Zagdi Gemara, let's finish here. Okay, stop here. You see it Chesam and Aleph, the line starts Amr Abba Ravu Elu Yud Yom Shabin Shoshana Le Makipur. The Mishnah said that the first Mishnah, that mean the Mishnah that we started earlier on Dafta Zayin that the world is judged in four different seasons for different things. And the Mishnah said, All the people of the world pass before Hashem, Kivnei Moran. Rashi said there, that the Gemara is going to explain what Bnei Moran are. What does Bnei Moran mean? like children of Marin, like people of Marin. What's Kivnei Marin? So that's what the Gemara is now going to explain. The last piece before the next Mishnah. Zagdi Gemara. My Kivnei Marin. What's the Bnei Marin? What does it mean? Zagdi Gemara. Ha'chitir This is how you have to explain it. Kivnei Imrana. What Pshat Kibnei Imrana? Imri in Aramaic are sheep. Kibnei Imrana, so Rashi says, Kvas Kikvasim, like sheep. Shemoinin Oisam La Asron. When they're being counted, in order to tithe them for Maisa Behema. So when a person had new sheep, so he has to give one of tenth, becomes Maisir, and he takes it to Yerushalayim. It belongs to him. He offers it to a, as a carbon to Hashem. This is known as the carbon maizer. We speak in the morning. And then you can eat it in Yerushalayim. You can eat it. Your family can eat it. You can invite guests. This is known as maizer behem. So how do you do it? Every tenth sheep, you, you have a, a narrow a narrow door. And the sheep go by one by one. And then each tenth becomes maizer behem. It becomes holy, becomes a carbon. So Rashi says, And you count them la'asran. To tithe them, one in ten. And the key is, they follow each other, one after the other, through a narrow entrance, a narrow door. Since it's a Pesach Katan, there's only enough for one sheep at a time. So you don't have two going out in one time. So that's Pshat. 
every person completely individually. It's not just one big challenge, everybody together. There's the concept that every person is scrutinized, every person is judged, every person is taken care of as an individual, just like the sheep keep name on it. Ein yichel notzes keechot. Vaita zagdi gemara, rishlokish amar, kemailas beis marin. What's prat kemailas beis marin? Kemailas beis marin means like the slope, like the elevation of a place called marin or miron. Zagd rashi, haderech kotzer. This is a path that was known in Eretz Yisrael as the place of Marin, or Miron, a, a very narrow path. Two can't go together. Only one person in the path. You know why? Because on both sides, you have a cliff. It's very, very deep. So, and the path is very narrow. So two people together could be extremely dangerous. One could push the other one off. So everybody knew, if there's somebody coming, you've got to wait and let him pass, because you can't walk together with somebody else. Here again, it seems, Rishlokosh is saying the same idea. That Kivnei Marin means the way you walk in that place called Beis Marin. Some say it's uh, in the Galilean, in the, in the areas of, of Mount, of what we call Har Miron, the Mount Miron, that, those areas could be, that's, that's, the, that's the location Rishlokosh is talking about. But over there again, just like by the sheep, you're walking individually. There's no two together. Every person is an individual. It's also Rosh Hashanah's din. It's there, Chamech Mishnei Stodom. Person two. Right. That's more yeah. than that. Amr Rabbi Yehuda Amr Shmuel says, Kechayolah shall beis David. Morin means something else. Morin comes from the word Morus. Mar, the master. Morus means authority. Like the troops, the soldiers of the house of David HaMelech, the soldiers of David HaMelech, Rashi, Ki Bnei Marim, Ki Bnei Chayolish HaMelech, Bnei Marim means the children, the soldiers who are Marim of the king, Marim Lashin, Marus Va'adnus, it means authority and rulership, so Ki Bnei Marim means, like the Bnei, the, the soldiers of the Marim, of the Melech, who has Marus of David HaMelech, V'kacha Yumoinin Oysem, Yoitzim Zeach Hazeh, B'Tesem L'Molchom, that's how they used to count them. They would go out one after the other as they went out to war. So they would count each soldier individually as they went out to war. Asks the Marsha, what's the point of this Machloikas? Yeah, it seems like everybody's saying the same thing. This one is saying sheep, and this one is saying two people walking on a cliff, near a cliff. And the third one is saying, Chayali Beis David, also, you have to count each soldier. You want to know how many soldiers you are, have, you have to divide them. Etc. It's the same idea. So the Marsha says that this is consistent with what the Gemara spoke before about Tzadikim, Beninim, and Rishayim. We said that Shloisha Svarim, there's three Svarim that are opened up. He says the sheep is being counted ultimately to be brought as a carbon. The sheep is going to die. That's one, one, one type of count. He says the Beninim, they're on a very, very narrow path. There's a cliff on both sides. They have to know. You can go this way, you can go this way. The Chayalim of Beis David, they went for victory. They were certain of victory. So you have it in the three categories. Uh, the reverse. The Kvasa so represents Rishayim. The Bnei Mar represents the Benenim. And the Chayalim Beis David, the Marsha says, represents the Tzadik. And all of them 
are niskarin. Niskarin means uh, checked, examined. examined, checked, seen, biskira achas, with one glance, with one gaze, with one zoom, like one picture, so to speak, biskira zakrashi, v'afal pisha oivrin zachaza. Even though we just said they pass one after the other, kula niskarin biskira achas. Now this is a psapeladika thing. You're just telling me that one sheep goes every one sheep at a time. Then you're telling me one person at a time. Then you're telling me one soldier at a time. Comes your Yechina, but wait. Everything is Biskira Achas, with one glance. So it's brought in Svarim, that that's Taka the Vart of Rabbi Yechina. There's two elements in every person. In every person, there is, like the Gemara, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, Lamed Zayin, Chayev Adam Loima B'Shvil Li Nivra Every person is obligated to say the world was created just for me. In other words, there's a unique, indispensable chashivus and significance to every individual as an individual. The prat as a prat. To the point that you could say the whole world was created for this detail, for this prat. There's something absolutely unique and irreplaceable about the individual as the individual. That's number one. Number two, there's a second element in each person, and that is... I'm part of the clown. I'm part of something collective. I am mashlem. I am also indispensable to the clown. The clown is made up of pratim. And each person gives something to the full picture, to the full symphony, to the full puzzle. So those are the two dinam on Rosh Hashanah. One is the examination of every person as an individual. Who you are. Where you are. And this judgment, of course, as we explained, comes from someone who knows everything about you and all of the details and the nuances, your whole pnimius, your past, everything, all your experiences, your vices, your virtues, your challenges, your blessings, your nisyonis. And then there is v'kula neskarim b'skira achas, the way the Rebbe Nishlam looks at the entire, the entire humanity, all of civilization, it's one glance. It's like, you know, you see a piece of art, you don't right away start looking at the details it's all one picture that includes all the pratim. That's the person, Betur Kalal. Belashon HaNister, the Pchina of Mamala Kalalman, and the Pchina of Saiviv Kalalman. Mamala Kalalman is the individual chiyus for each person, each creature separately. And then there's Saiviv Kalalman, Shava, Omash, Vekatim, Vekatl, Kulun Eskarim, Beskirachas. Omer Ibn Achabai Yitzchak. That's very far from Pashim Shad. It all happens at once. <laughs> Rashi, saying too. It happens, you know, even if they're going one after the other, so you would think it would take, you know. You're saying it would take a long time. Yeah, Rashi says. Well, Rashi on top of time. You're saying it shouldn't take, it shouldn't take one day, it should, it should take a few, uh, should a few millennia. It should take a few millennia. This is the second. Everything in one second. There is no time back. Like. Like it happens on a Shoshan. Every person individually, if you're taking sheep, it's going to take a while. You have seven billion sheep. Seven billion sheep. So he's saying, Beskira Achas means Pashtun Dizman. You can ask that every Shabbos, every Shabbos, every Yom Tov. Shabbos is totally in Zman. So that's a very good question. How does it work in different seas, in different regions? So in Shulchan Aruch Harav, he says that everything in Lamaila is higher than Zman. It's beyond Zman. But the way it comes down in every country, in every region, it's according to the Zman of that place. So for example, here Shabbos is here. So 
the, the Kedush of Shabbos Be'etzim is Lamaila Ben Azman. It's something divine. Hashem is beyond time. Ahaya, hoive, Created time, exactly. Zman is a nivra. We live in the parameters of time. In every place, the energy of Shabbos, the energy of Rosh Hashanah, the energy of Hanukkah, whatever it is, comes down in that place according to its man. Zakti Gemara Vaita. You have Din, you have Rosh Hashanah, you have Kippur, you have Din. So we're sitting you know, in, in, in New Zealand, in Australia. It's already after Yom Kippur. goes there for. Uh, it's already after Yom Kippur. It's already they already saw some smechem. They're yeah. singing in there. Shikamat sukkas. And we're sitting, yeah. Shikamat sukkas, yeah. That's the word. It's uh, okay. if you have an ant farm and you're looking at the ant farm, each individual is doing its own thing. But we're sitting all thing alongside. Right, he doesn't have the measurement of what that guy is yeah. doing on that end. I mean, yeah, to some extent. You have a bigger view. A bird's eye view. Skira achas, a bird's eye view. It is like that way. You can have an ant colony of millions and millions and millions and millions of ants. And that is the big picture. It's not a difficult concept. Sometimes you walk into a situation and in a split second you grasp what's going on there. Absolute chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Or absolute order. Right. There's the tfis of the whole klal. Amr Ibnachim Ayitzchak, Ibnachim Ayitzchak says, Afanan Nami Taneno. This is also what we learned in the Mishnah, the original Mishnah. Hayoitzer Yachad Libom Hamaven Al Kalma Say. Where the Mishnah brought this Pasik on Daftazayan, Amir Aleph, Hayoitzer Yachad Libom. Literally, it means he creates together their heart, he discerns all of their activities. What is the meaning of this Pasik? Does it mean the Baron of the Kolalm Hashem created the whole world? And he unites their hearts together. In other words, everybody feels the same way. It's not true. It's not true. If you teach Yachad Liba means Hashem creates everybody's everybody's heart. He creates the whole world, and it's Yachad. He makes everybody's heart should be should beat together with the other heart. It should be the same type of heart. It's not true. No two hearts are the same, not physically and not emotionally, not personality-wise. No two personalities are the same. And the lav hachikam, you have to say pshat in the pasuk is hayotzer roya yachad libam, not yotzer yachad libam that all the libos are the same. There's different types of hearts. Every person has their heart. Every person has their unique individual state. Hayotzer, the Creator, roya yachad libam. He sees, he discerns together all of their hearts. Umeven al kol maaseyem. And his maven discerns and understands all of their activities. So Rashi says, We also learned this in the Mishnah. When the Mishnah said, And the Mishnah was saying the first thing that every person goes through individually. When the Mishnah brings the Pasuk, It's not Rabbi Yochanan is saying, it's his own Chiddush here, That's also in the Mishnah. That's why the Mishnah brings this Pasuk, is trying to bring out the second point, that in addition to Eivrim Lefan of Kibnei Marin as individuals, there's also everybody experiencing the Skira Achas, the one, the one glance. So, since our Tana deduces this statement from the Pasuk and Tehillim, 
So the question is, does it mean He makes this person's heart like this person's heart? It's not true. On this, the Gemara explains. This is referring. It's continuing the pasuk before. Hashem supervises all the citizens of the world. So it says, So he says, the one who creates them is Mashgiach Yachadas Libam. All together, Biskira Achas. And uh, it seems like Maven al Kolma Seyim, if say, that's the second Akuda. That he's Maven Kolma Seyim individually. Each of their Maisim individually. So there's Yoytse Yachad Libam, where it's Yachad, and there's Maven al Kolma Seyim, every person also as. A practice. Next Mishnah. Here, Mesechte Rosh Hashanah shifts. It takes a shift. The first two Mishnahs dealt with the four Rosh Hashanahs. Abar Rosh Hashanah Mehen, Be'echad Benissen, Tasvav Nissen, Be'echad Be'elul, Be'echad Betishrei, and then Be'echad B'Shvat, or Tu B'Shvat, <coughs> The second mission is spoke about four judgments during four seasons of the year. You have the judgment of Pesach on the grain, the judgment of Shavuos on the fruits of the tree, the judgment of Rosh Hashanah, the whole world called Bo'ayolam, and the judgment of Sukkot, Al-Hamayim, on the water. Now the Mishnah goes over from Daf Ches to the subject of Kiddush HaChaydish, of sanctifying the new month, the new moon every single month. And the Mishnah begins, Al Shisha Chadoshim Hashluchim Yoitzim. For six months, on six months, Shluchim would go out. Now it's interesting here that the Mishnah like jumps right into this without any introduction. You don't tell me that Shluchim do go out. You don't tell me why Shluchim go out, which is actually going to be discussed in later Mishnahs. It's huh? the root order of what happened. Right, right. You know, there's no intro. It's like, boom. Later, the Mishnahs are going to explain the details. But the truth is, the Melech Shlemer writes in Mishnaya is that it's a continuation. The Mishnahs are discussing lists of different dates during the months. The first Mishnah goes to the four Shoshanas. The second Mishnah goes to the fourth seasons of judgment. So this Mishnah goes right in to, we're going to be listing six months when the Shluchim go out. Now, what is the background? What is the background behind this? So we have to recall a very important introduction that's going to be relevant in the entire sugi, which is now going to go for quite a few dafim, and that is that the system, the way the system was, is the way the system was established. The solar, the lunar orbit, which means the moon orbits the Earth each month. That's what we call a month. That orbit takes approximately 29 and a half days. After 29 and a half days, the moon completes a full orbit and begins a new orbit around the earth. Therefore, we call that orbit, in its completion, a chaydish, a month. Why chaydish? Chaydish comes from the word chadash, chidush, new. Because after the month, the moon begins a new orbit. And it's not just a new orbit, the beginning of the new orbit is extremely dramatic because, as we know, at the end of the orbit, you can't see the moon anymore. And in the beginning of the orbit, you're not going to see the moon. 
there's going to be some time when the moon is going to be invisible, and then it's going to become visible once again as it begins the new orbit. And that's what we're going to call Rosh Chodesh, the new month. Therefore, since the moon finishes its orbit after 29 and a half days, not after 29 days, not after 30 days, so therefore the Torah says, when do you establish Rosh When the moon finishes its old orbit and begins the new orbit, that's when Rosh has to be established. But the Pasuk also says Rosh has to be a day. I can't make a half a day belong to the previous month and a half a day belong to the new month. So we have a problem here because the month doesn't finish after 29 days, and then you just say, okay, the next day is Rosh Chodesh, the new month. What do you do? So therefore, we split it up. Six months we do Rosh Chodesh, 30 days, and six months we do Rosh Chodesh, 29 days. And that more or less makes up for the gap, because it's 29 and a half days. So six months you start Rosh Chodesh later, you start Rosh Chodesh 12 hours, approximately 12 hours later, and six months you start Rosh Chodesh, 12 hours earlier, and it evens out. It doesn't, mamish, mamish, even out. We'll learn later that there's, it's not mamish 29 and a half days, so therefore you have some other issues. But generally speaking, it works like this, it works like this. We have a calendar. But when there was a Sanhedrin, a Supreme Court in Yerushalayim, the Postic says, We learn out, Lachem is who Hashem was talking to Moshe and Aaron. It's the responsibility of the Jewish court every single month to wait for witnesses who are going to observe the birth of the new moon. When are they going to observe the birth of the new moon? They can't observe it before the end of 29 days. It has to be at the end of 29 days when the orbit finished it. So there could be two options. Option number one is what? The witnesses saw the moon... Maitsa'i 29. There was 29 days. The night afterwards, they saw the new moon. They come to Besdin that night or the next day, which is day 30. Besdin listens to them, interrogates them, cross-examines them, determines that their words are authentic, and says, Mekudosh, 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 this is a day of holiness, it's Rishchaydosh. And the previous month had 29 days, and day 30 becomes day 1, day Aleph of the new month. Option number 1. This is called the Chodesh Chaser, a missing month. It's only 29 days. Option number 2 is, no witnesses saw the moon, or no witnesses come, or no witnesses are accepted, or it was a foggy day, or there were other issues, or whatever it is. No witness came on day 30 to say they saw the moon last night. What happens? Rishchidosh is pushed off to the next day. Rishchidosh becomes day 31. 31 becomes 1. And last month didn't have 29 days. Last month had 30 days. Either the witnesses came late. They came day 31 instead of day 30. Or they never came. And then automatically the Chaydish becomes what's called Chaydish Mu'ubar, a pregnant month, or a Chaydish Malay, a full month because it has 30 days. Now here is the problem. It's not the problem. Here's the issue. All the Yom and Toivim are based on this. I want to make Pesach. Tesvav Nisan, I'm not allowed to eat chametz. It's an Issacharis. I have to eat matzah. Bayira, bayimatzah. It's serious. I don't know when Tesvav Nisan is. Why don't I know when Tesvav Nisan is? Because I don't know when Aleph Nisan was. Aleph Nisan could have been Sunday. 
Aleph Nissan could have been Monday. I don't know. Aleph Nissan could have been day 30 of other. Could have been day 31 of other. Lamayin Afkemina. Tesvav Nissan is a day early or a day late. I don't know. When am I now to eat chametz? And Pesach goes for seven days. How do I know this? That's what the Mishnah says. Shluchin Yoytzin. Bezdin would send Shluchim to every Jewish community in Eretz Yisrael and in the world to let them know. Why couldn't they use WhatsApp? Okay. It's Ah, Kilkalu. Now, as we're going to learn, this wasn't the original, this was not the original plan. The original plan was much simpler. You didn't have to send Shluchim. The original plan was they lit torches. It was a beautiful plan. It just could not be, it wasn't sustainable because of corruption. As we will see, this is the Mishnah saying, at some point, in the middle of Bayez Sheini, middle of the second Beis HaMikdash, they established the system of Shluchim. The moment Bezdin would say, today is Rishchidosh, let's say it's day 30, they would send out messengers to Jewish communities to let them know which day was Rishchidosh. So the Mishnah is saying, they went out six months. They didn't have to go out every month. They went out, Al for six months the messengers would go out. Number one, Al Nisan Latirashi, Al Shisha Khadashim Shluchim Yaitsim. Why do Shluchim go out? To tell everybody Shekitshu Bazdin Hachidish, Al Piedim Kshiro was Hachidish. To let the crowd know, to let the Jewish people know that Bezdin was Mekadish the Khidish according to witnesses when they saw the new moon. Umaidim Hashluchim Legoila Yom Shekitshu. The emissaries notify the Goyla. Goyla means all the Jews living in Goyla, in the diaspora and exile. The day that was embraced as Rishchidosh, the day that was sanctified as the first day of the month. In B'yayim Shloshim, V'chidosh Ha'avar Chaser. Was it on day 30? So the previous month is missing, meaning it's only a 29-day month. Oy B'yayim Lamed Aleph, or the new month began on day 31 of the previous month, and therefore V'chidosh Ha'avar Moleh. And the last month was a mole, was a full month, not of 29 days, but of 30 days. Now in this situation, you can have month after month after month after month, when every month was only 29 days. If the witnesses came on time, they saw the moon at any point before day 30, the beginning of day 30, I mean, the night after 29, you can have those months, or you can have months the other way around. But nobody would know, it was unpredictable. Every month was a whole new experience. Remember, they did not rely only on their own astronomical calculations. They had to have physical witnesses who testified that they saw the new moon. It's true, as we're going to learn later, Bezdin used to make their own astronomical calculations to figure out when the new moon is supposed to be visible, which was the method of how they cross-examined the witnesses. They knew what the witnesses are capable of seeing or not. Because they knew all the astronomical calculations. It wasn't stopped. Witnesses came in a vacuum and they said the, the new moon. Bezdin did a lot of background work, which of course became the basis of the Jewish calendar. Their background work became the basis of our calendar when we don't have witnesses telling us when they saw the moon. It became the basis of when you're supposed to see the moon, when you're capable of seeing the moon. And we're going to see those chishboinists later. This is going to become a, quite a lebedika. So, Adis came. And now they had to send Shluchim out. So the Mishnah says, Shisha Chadashim. They went out for six months. Why? Because many months it was irrelevant. 
I'm living in Baghdad, I'm living in Mosul, and I don't know when Rish Chayesh is. I don't know. What's the problem? I could still be a Jew and do everything. For example, the month of uh, the month of Cheshvan. I don't know. I don't know today. Is it Yud Cheshvan or Yud Aleph Cheshvan? Okay. So my So I don't. So I don't know when my birthday is. <laughs> okay. So you could say both. You could say both sheer tilims. He's saying if you say tilim, you don't know. So you'll say twice tilim. You don't know when your birthday is. So you'll make two birthday parties. You don't know when the bar mitzvah is. Okay. So make the bar mitzvah party a day earlier. Make it a day late. So you don't know. You don't know. I don't care. What do I need? I don't care. It's not relevant. It's not essential to Jewish life. It's hard for us to understand. You don't know what the date is. You don't know what the date is. But six months, the shluchim had to go out. The moment they heard it's Rishchodesh, out they went. They were dispatched to all the communities. Rashi says in Goyla, the Ritva says it started in Etzisrael. People lived in Etzisrael all over the place. They also needed shluchim. So before telegrams, right? This is before telegrams and before fax machines and even before emails, Dachzach. So therefore they send out the shluchim. Let's say you know the non-Jewish date. How is that going to help you? The Jewish date is based on witnesses. You need witnesses coming to Besdin saying they saw the moon. You do one day before. They're making a mitzvah. So you start putting on tefillin one day before. People anyway start putting on fill in a few weeks before. <laughs> What's the problem? The problem is it's a suffolk if he's mechuyev in Birchus HaMazim in Atayra Medirabonon. So he'll bench a day early. You're anyway mechuyev in Chinuch. What's the problem? If he should put on tzitzis or not? He's anyway mechuyev in tzitzis Medirabonon. Mechuyev in benching, mechuyev in Krishma. So let's say he did it one day early and it wasn't in Atayra, it was Medirabonon because it wasn't his birthday. Fine. So the fact that they didn't know the exact no, Shabbos doesn't depend on the date of the month. Shabbos depends on the seventh day of the week. <laughs> this they knew. That they knew. That you don't need Adis for. <clears throat> that they knew. Taka, if you lost in a desert, there's a Gemara in Shabbos, Samachtes, if you lost in a desert, and you lose count Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, how you do it? That's a problem. But that's a separate, that's a separate creature. I could be in New Zealand. I know when Shabbos is. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. There is another issue that we're going to get into with the international date line. That's another serious problem, but that doesn't have to do with this issue. If you go to Australia, that becomes another, that's a whole different issue. Here we're talking about the dates of the Shabbos, that's the issue. Huh? Leaving what's so Shabbos. Yes, yes. You understand? You need to aid this. Let's say you're a brilliant astronomer, and you know that the moon could have appeared, Mitzai 29. It could have. Huh? What do you mean? If you see it where? In Iraq? What is that going to help you to know what happened near Shalayim? How do you know what happened near Shalayim? You see it in Tzvas? How do you know what happened near Shalayim? You have to know what happened in Besdin. What are people prophets? They know what happened? How do they know? So you have to have shluch. That's what the Mishnah says. The Shluchim go out for six months. Month number one. I'll listen. The moment they heard Rishchodesh listen is today, they right away went to tell everybody what Pesach is. They have to know what Pesach is. This is relevant. They're not allowed to eat chametz. 
They have to make us say they have to eat matzah. All the mitzvahs of Pesach, the positive mitzvahs and the negative mitzvahs, especially the Isra of Chametz, by your Rabbi Next, Al Av Mipnei Hatainus. They had to go out in the month of Av right after the Shchayyeshav to tell them when to fast Tishabav. After the Churban Bayis Rishon, Tishabav was established as a fast day by the Nevi'im. It's already in the Tam Tanach. They had to know when Tishabav is. Next, Al Elu Mipnei Rosh Hashanah. Elu, they had to go out to know when to celebrate Rosh Hashanah. So now let's see Rashi. Mipnei Pesach. The shluchim go and travel till Pesach, not on Shabbos. On Shabbos they're not allowed to travel, because even if they're not carrying anything, but there's a problem of what? Tchum Shabbos. And it's not doicha, Tchum Shabbos is an iser. It's not doicha that they have to go. So Shabbos they have to take a break. So whenever Shabbos was, they went, left her Shchodesh Nisan from Yerushalayim, they took a break for Shabbos. Metzoy Shabbos they could resume their journeys, and they had to come till Pesach to notify them when the first day of Pesach is. So they have to know when B'dikas Chametz is, if they were on time, even if they came later, at least they knew when Pesach begins, when the Isra of Chametz is, when the Chiyav of Matz is, and also when Chametz ends. Seven days Pesach, you have to know when it ends, when it starts, when it ends. How long did it take? The Shluchim? Depends to where. If they were going to Tzvas, they were going to Tveria, they were going to Eilat, or they were going to Iraq, or Egypt. Right, of course. Yeah. Of course, Tisha B'Av Yer is nine days already. You have seven days just traveling. Yeah. yeah. Right. Have, have the, uh, right. They say yeah. a few groups, not one group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can say, yeah. You don't say the same guy. You don't say the same guy everywhere. <laughs> Poor guy will be on the road his whole life. That's where hotels started, no? <laughs> for, the, for the shluchim, they didn't have a house. They had to go to a hotel. No, the Rabbana Mosul, they were... At the time, Achasasachim was free. Huh? At the time, Achasasachim was free. Yeah. So, Krashi Vaiter. Al-Av Mepnei They go eight days till Shabbos. What does it mean, eight days? Tishabov is the ninth right. day. Already the night of Tishabov, you have to fast. So they're going eight days from Rishchodesh of Aleph of Aleph Beis Gimel Dalar of Zayin Ches minus Shabbos, which means seven days. Because in eight days you can have one Shabbos. Next is Al Elul. That tells you the limit, right? Theoretically, that's the limit. Yes. Al Elul Mepnei What's Pshat Elul Mepnei Rosh Hashanah? Here you already have nice thirty days. You have a whole Elul. So Rashi says, They had to notify everybody when Elul began. That way, once they knew when Elul began, they could make Rosh Hashanah in the exile on day 30 of Elul. So they celebrated Elul 29 days. They knew when Elul 1 is, because the Shluchim came. They had a whole month to come. They had 29 days to come outside of Shabbos again. And everybody would celebrate Rosh Hashanah on the 30th day of Elul, which became the first of Tishrei. Zakrashi. The Rav Shonim Ein Elul Mo'ubar. Most years, Elul is not Mu'uber. Elul does not have 30 days. 30, 30, uh, 30 days. Elul has 29 days. Rashi asks, he says, what do you mean? You don't know for sure if Adis came on 30 Elul. Maybe Adis didn't come on 30 Elul. And therefore, maybe Bezdin will make Elul 30 days, not 29 days. And Rosh Hashanah is only going to be on day 31. And you're celebrating Rosh Hashanah on day 30. Really, day 30 belongs to Elul. Rosh Hashanah has to be tomorrow. 
So Krashi Ef Shalahan Ladas. You're right. They can't know. They can't know. There's no way Shluchim are gonna get to you that very day. Even in Israel, nobody knew. Remember, this is not Nisan where you have fourteen days. It's not Tishabov where you have eight days. This is Rish Hashanah itself. It just happened. Bezdin announced today's Rish Chaydish. Let's say they announced at midday. Today's Rish Hashanah. How are Shluchim going to get anywhere that day? Where are they going to get? They can get a few places in Yerushalayim. They can let them know. They can't even get in there to Israel. So it actually says, Ef You don't know. So therefore, Al There's a cloud in Halacha. You follow majority. We follow the majority. Most years... The way to do it was, Elul was not Moabr. Elul was 29 days. So therefore they go Basarayv and they do it day 30. Two days on Elul? One second. One second. But if you don't know when Elul began, you don't know when day 30 of Elul is. In other words, if you don't know how many days of had, so then you don't know when Rishchidosh Elul is. Let's say you're celebrating Rosh Chodesh Elul on day 30 of Av, right? But let's say Av had 30 days, so Rosh Chodesh Elul is really a day later. So what's your one Elul is really 30 of, and by you, two Elul is supposed to be one Elul. Bez Elul is supposed to be Aleph Elul. So now go to Cheshben, come to the end of Elul. It's the 29th day of Elul. We say, tonight is Rosh Hashanah, it's day 30. Tonight is 29. Tonight is 29. So in order to know what's the 30th day of Elul, you have to know when Elul began. So they sent out Shluchim for Elul. There can only be 29 or 30. That's the only way. You can only have 29 or 30. There's no two ops. There's no, there's no third option. Either it's a month of 29 days, a month of 30 days. It can't go more than that. You're not going to have a month of 31 days. What is Rav Shluchim? Rav Shluchim, the Edis came, yeah. And Elul, what, because the season was easier for them to make it? There wasn't winter yet? Or, or just recently? Why Elul? Last time we don't have a machlokah. We said it's not Rav Shani. It is. It is. Right. But what does that mean? It means it was a hechot. It was a kmetzias that somehow it came to Elul. Adam always showed up. It's totally physically showing up. What are you talking about? No, I think he means bechlaul. Astronomically? No. It's astronomical. No. no, no, I mean, it means Bechlal, that the Eidus came. The fact. That's the time to come. No. In general. Yeah. The item didn't come because. In Elul was Negea. Yeah. <laughs> Other months, again, in Elul was Negea. I'm saying, could the astronomical. In general, the majority of cases, the Eidus came. This was a serious thing. Maybe they were more diligent to come because they knew it has more of a risk. Okay. There's more of a more okay. risk. Next, Al Tishrei Mipnei Takanas Hamoyedus. How many days will you be off if we start from off? You'll be one day. Let's think about it. Twenty-nine Elul. Yeah, the next is thirtieth of Elul. Rashi says we're making Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, but maybe thirtieth of Elul is really twenty-nine Elul because Elul started a day later. What was day two was really supposed to be day one, and you didn't know. What if Av had thirty days, not twenty-nine days? So you started Elul a day earlier, so you're ending Elul a day earlier, so you're starting Rosh Hashanah a day early. Off, you're off. So you're two days off so that one day off. But well, you didn't know when Uv is, and you don't know when Elul is. So it's two days. Oh, you may be, if Elul is Mu'ubar, then you'll be very off, yeah. Two days off. You'll be very, exactly. But if you're making it Yom HaShloshim, you want to know when Yom HaShloshim is? No, they, 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 they told them when Rosh was. 
When Rish Chodesh? Yeah. By the time they got to the next month, they always knew when Rish yeah. Chodesh was. Eventually, they knew it. It wasn't like a big secret. They knew it. It's just they didn't know it right away. They, they knew. They so by the end of Elul, they knew. Yeah. They had the Shluchim going out. Everybody knew when Elul began. So therefore, they knew when to make Rish Hashanah. They wouldn't figure it out. People traveled. People knew when when Chodesh was. Eventually, they knew, but they didn't know in time for Yom Right. Al Tishrei. What about Tishrei? Tishrei, they sent out Shluchim again. Why? Mipnei Takhanos HaMoyedus. For the holidays. Ah? They left after Rish Hashanah. And they couldn't travel Yom Kippur. What takonas amoyadus? So Rashi, la'ach hashitikshu bezdin letishrei after bezdin established rish chodesh tishrei. They sanctified the first day of tishrei. Hashluchim yotzin leyoyim amacharos. The shluchim leave the next day after rish hashanah for holchinat mokum sheichelim lagiat achag, and they travel to a place that they can to all the places they can reach till sukkas till yomtiv. They notify the communities if Bezdin made Elul 30 days or 29 days. Usually it would be 29 days, but it's possible that witnesses didn't come. It wasn't the common thing, but it could happen. Why was this important? means their heart should not palpitate. It shouldn't cause them anxiety, anxious an anxious feeling on Yom Kippur and Sukkot. It's Yom Kippur. You're celebrating Yom Kippur on the 10th day of Tishrei, and then you tell yourself, you know, maybe tonight I'm going to eat, and it's really, tonight is Yom Kippur. Tonight is called Midrei. Why tonight? Because Elul had 30 days, not 29 days. So everything started a day later. See, Yom Kippur is a day later. The same is true with Sukkot. It's all a day later. So people, even though they're following the majority, you can't blame them. They're following the Rav Hashanah. They made Rosh Hashanah day 30, and they're going based on that. Day 30 of Elul became Aleph Tishrei, and they're doing 10 days later Yom Kippur, and 5 days later Sukkot, but Libam Noikfan, they have anxiety, that it's the wrong day. They're eating on the wrong day. They're not allowed to eat today. So therefore, even though you can't blame them, they're following the Rav, they used to send out Shluchim right after Rosh Hashanah to tell the crowd when Rosh Chodesh Tishrei was, so they'll know when Yom Kippur is, they'll know when Sukkot is. Takana Samayadus. Next, Al Kislev Mepnei Chanukah. Kislev, they went out for Chanukah and here the Shluchim had till day 25, till day 24. And they had to know when Chanukah is. Why do they have to know when Chanukah is? You've got to light the candles. Next, Al Adim Mepnei Purim. They sent out Shluchim Adir to be able to celebrate Purim. And when the Beis HaMikdash existed, the Mishnah finishes, They used to guard also the month of Iyer for Pesach Sheni, the small Pesach. Whoever didn't bring the carbon Pesach on Erev Pesach, because they were too far, or they were Tomei, had a second chance to bring the carbon Pesach, Pesach Sheni. But you're living far away, you don't know when your Dalit Iyer is. You don't know when your Dalit is. That's the day. If you wait, you're not going to have a chance for Karpin Pesach. So the Shluchim had to go out at the time of the Beis HaMikdosh. Also, ear to tell everybody when Pesach Kofin is Pesach Shem. You have to come to your Shalayim. Okay, it's a traveling time. You have to leave before. He has to be doing a Pesach Shem. He leaves in time to be there a day or Somebody's leaving Iraq or in Kuwait, he needs to go to Yerushalayim, he's not going to be very 
Okay, but as much as we want to, we want to be, remember, people, it wasn't easy for everybody just to take off, you know, yeah. an extra two days. So as much as we can help them, we want to help them. Rashi, Pesach Katim, Pesach Sheni Latame, Veshahaya Bederech Echaikabarishi. The one who was Tame, and if the one who was Tame, you do understand, yeah? The one who was Tame, or he was Bederech Echaikabarishi, he was in a far way, he was remote from Yerushalayim Barishan, and therefore he could make Pesach Sheni. This only applies to the Beis HaMikdash. Clearly, this Mishnah. Is written after Churban Beis Hamikdash, like all the Mishnas. The Mishnas are written by Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi a century and a half after the Beis Hamikdash is destroyed. But they're still being Makadish the Chaydish al This is going to continue for a, more than three hundred years after the end of Bayesheni. They're going to be Makadish Chaydish. There's going to be a Sanhedrin in Yisrael, not always in Yerushalayim. There's no Beis Hamikdash anymore. But they're going to continue this until the year Dalid Alafim Kuf Ches. The Beis Hamikdash was destroyed in the year 3,828 in the Hebrew calendar. Gimel, Tov, Tov, Chav, Ches. In the secular calendar, 68 after the Common Era. 68 after the year zero. Kiddush HaChodesh al is going to continue till Dalad Alafim Kuf Yud Ches. 4,118. Now it's 5777 till 4118. They're still going to have the system with witnesses. going to be Sanhedrin doing this every month. No calendar. And they're going to be sending out Shluchim. In, 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 in the secular calendar would be Dalar Allah from Kutfiut Ches would be the year uh, 358 after the Common Era. Khurban Beis Hamikdash was 68. It's going to go for more. It's going to go for another approximately 300 years. 358 after the Common Era. Fourth, middle, middle of 4th century. Middle of fourth century, middle of the three hundreds, three hundred and fifty-eight. Dalad Allah from Kufiyut Ches four one one eight in the Jewish calendar, three fifty-eight in the secular calendar, the Roman calendar. So that's why this mission is written after the Churban Beis Hamikdash. So Eir wasn't relevant anymore. There's no Pesach Sheni, but all the other months were relevant. Why can't you use the same calendar for Shvius? Oh, good question. Taisvus's question: What happened with the month of Sivan? Look in Taisvus. Because Pesach Sheni, you need a date. Let's see Taisvus. Al Nisan mipnei Pesach, Avol Al Sivin mipnei Atzeres Light Sarich. You skipped Sivin. Shmuas. That's also a yom that people have to know when Shmuas is. You now want to do Malacha on Shmuas. And you have to be on the regal. All the, uh, okay, after the Beis Hamikdash, no other regal, but you have to know when Shmuas is. When do you eat the cheese blintzes? When do you get to eat cheese blintzes? <coughs> when are you not allowed to do malach? So cheese blintzes you can eat. That's a problem, eh? Cheese blintzes you can eat a few days in a row. That's b'chal b'minik. Erev shvuas, after shvuas. A week after shvuas, you may tashlumen. But malacha. Zoktoisvus, the ba'oimer, hadover, taloi. Shvuas is different. It depends on the oimer. When they brought the carbon oimer. What do we mean? Oimer means when they counted, they started to count. We learned before on Davav the Tani Reb Shmaya. Reb Shmaya said, Atzeres Shvuas. Pamim Chamisha, Pamim Shisha, Pamim Shiva. It could be Hesiv and Vav Siv and Zayin Siv, which means Shvuas is the only holiday without a date. There's no date for Shvuas. How does Shvuas work? You start counting the Oimer. You count 49 days, and day 50 is Shvuas. Therefore, Shvuas does not have a date in the month. Shvuas could be hey, vav, zayin. Let's understand. You start counting Sphira Saim at the 16th day of Nisan, the second day of Pesach. That's when they brought the carbon Oimer, time of the Besamitish. We count. Now you count 49 days. Let's say Adis came on Nisan, okay, 29 at night. 
So Nisan only had 29 days. Day 30 was already Aleph year. Let's say Adis came 29 year, 30 year in the morning. So Eir also had only 29 days. When is Shavuot going to be? Day 50 is going to be the 7th of Sivan. The 7th of Sivan. Let's say the Adis got delayed both months. So Nisan had 30 days and Eir had 30 days. So Shavuot is going to be 5th of Sivan. Let's say one month the Adis came on time. And one month the Adis came late, Shavuos is going to be on the sixth day of Sivan. In our calendar, Shavuos is always on the sixth day of Sivan. Why? Because Nisan and Nir, one has 29 days, one has 30 days. So day 50 is always going to be Vav Sivan. However, when they were Makadish HaChadish Al Shavuos could be Hey, Shavuos could be Vav Shavuos, and we don't care. Why don't we care? Because Shavuos doesn't have a date. Shavuos is day 50. So therefore, Shavuos, he never had a problem. Why? Because by the time. Shavuos came around, they knew when Tezayanissan was. Even in places where they lived very far away, the Shluchim had two months. The rumors could get there after two months. They knew when Tezayanissan was. Once you know when Tezayanissan was, you make your cheshbon, you're fine. Pesach Sheni is a date. Your dollar ear. It's not a count. It's not you count 29 days after Pesach. It's a date. Zok ah? I have a question. Yes. After they, they, they had the calendar, yeah. that's when they took the years out of the calendar, right? No. The calendar was established in the 4th century. Reb Hillel, there was a man named Reb Hillel. He was... No, not Hillel Zabbat. Hillel Anasi. He was in the Sanhedrin in Eretz Yisrael. How many years before was... He was, I believe, 14th generation right. descendant of the old Hillel, who lived a century before Churban Bayesheni. 14th generation, I think, 14 or 12. And he is the one who made the calendar. He's also the one that put Around the middle of the 4th century. Why did he do it? They saw that the Sanhedrin is going to be dissolved very soon. There won't be a Sanhedrin. The dispersion was intense. Um, there's not going to be a Supreme Court. The Jews are being scattered all over the place. So therefore, it's all going to end. There won't be, you won't have the infrastructure to be able to facilitate this. You can't just have Stam, any person do it. You need Sanhedrin, who are smuchim, ish me ish till Moshe Rabbeinu. So what, he, what did he do? What did he do? He did something uh, magnificent. He got the Sanhedrin. He made a calendar, a calendar that would work for thousands of years based on the astronomical calculations of how it has to be, according to astronomy. It was a brilliant, brilliant calendar, which the Jewish calendar today is based on, and one could study exactly how he did it. And his Bezdin was Mekadish every Rishchidosh till Biyas HaMashiach. Because when Mashiach comes, you're going to go back to Kiddush HaChidosh You don't need the calendar anymore. So every Rishchidosh became Kadosh, based on his Bezdin. They sanctified every Rishchidosh. That's why we celebrate Pesach. It's a Yom Tov If not, it wouldn't be a Pesach Minat Because Bezdin has to make Rishchidosh. We can't make our own Rishchidosh. Yeah, the Rambam has a little bit of a different Cheshbon. This is what the Ramban says. The Rambam says that the Halacha was L'Chadchila established. That Bizman Sanhedrin, Al-Piyari'iyah. Not Bizman Sanhedrin, Al-Piyastronomy. 
That's how the Rambam. That's how the Rambam puts it. In other words, halacha l'moishim is Sinai is that if there's no Sanhedrin, you go with astronomy. That goof is halacha l'moishim. That's how the Rambam learns. In Hilchis Kiddush Achaydish, I think Perikhe. Yeah, that's how the Rambam learns it. Should be Perikhe, huh? Shluchim were not the Edus. You could send the Edus if you want, but you don't have to. He didn't even have to send two shluchim. He could send one shliach. How do you know if the shliach was real or not? You want to know how the shli- if you knew the shliach was real or not? Check that too many questions. You want to know maybe the shliach lied? You want to know maybe the shliach lied? You're asking a good question. Just like the tzdukim made their own fires, maybe they could send out their own shluchim. There's too many questions. He was the same person that took the ears out of the calendar. Right? What would they do to these guys if they would discover that they were lying? The torches, any terrorist goes up on a mountain, a machtafai, you run away. Like they do in some communities, you know, the terrorists, they know how to do these things. But the shliach, he comes, he comes to Bezdin. He didn't stop, come to the city and ran away. He didn't tell you. He came to Bezdin, so they recorded him. They knew his name. Now they're going to find out a week later that he lied. You know what I mean? Huh? You know, Shidduchim and maybe some other stuff too. Some other stuff too. Just for the meal. Huh? <laughs> it was pleasant to lie just for the meal. They give a lot of food. and. Let's see the last Taisvis. Al Elu Mepnei Shoshana. Al Elu Mepnei Rishishana, Zog Taisvis, Moidiyim, Mosai, Maschil Elu. V'oisin Rishishana, B'yoyim Shloishim, L'Elu Begoyle, V'gam L'Macharosai, not like Rashi. Rashi said they would celebrate Rosh Hashanah day 30. Tosheb says, no! They knew when Elul started, and they would celebrate Rosh Hashanah two days. Day 30 of Elul, and day 31 of Elul. Why? Just in case. If Elul was 29 days, Rosh Hashanah is day 30. If Elul is 30 days, Rosh Hashanah is day 31. They celebrated 30 and 31. Both in Beitz and Erev, and it seems like it's Mashma, they did two days Rosh Hashanah. Shayu Oisin Shnei Yamim Toivim Shad Rosh Hashanah Misafek Dilmi Bruel Elul. Not like Rashi. They didn't say most years Elul is 29 days, but maybe not. So every year they made Rosh Hashanah two days. Ah, if they're making Rosh Hashanah two days, why did the Shluchim have to go out? Zaktois was Mikol Makayim Loyedu Masay Maschil Elul Loyedu Yom Shloisha. If they don't know when Elul began, they don't know when day 30 is. So they have to celebrate Rosh Hashanah three days. Why? Because maybe day 30 is not day 30. Maybe day 30 is really day 29. So now you have to make Elul, Rosh Hashanah three days. Right, right. So that's why Toysavah says you had to send out Shluchim to tell them when Rosh Chodesh Elul was, so they could know when day 30 of Elul was. They celebrated day 30 as Rosh Hashanah, plus they celebrated day 31 as Rosh Hashanah. I day 31 could be already based Tishrei, it's not Rosh Hashanah anymore, but it may not be. If Elul was 30 days, day 31 is Aleph Tishrei, so they had two days Rosh Hashanah, Toysavah says. That's what he brings from the Gemara. But in any case, whether like Rashi or Toysavah, they had to have Shluchim go out for the month of Elul. It says al shisha chadashim hashluchim yotzen, shisha chadashim, right? So the Turei Evan says when you count the months here together with Eir, it's seven months, 
right? You have Nisan, you have Av, you have Elul is three, you have Tishrei is four, Kislev and Adar. Oh. So the Shagas Ari says it's always six months. Why? When there's no Beis Hamikdash, there's no ear. And when there is a Beis Hamikdash, there's no Av. Because they didn't fast on Tisha B'Av. So he says it's always six months. If there's a Beis Hamikdash, there's no Av. There's no Tisha B'Av. Oh. But the Rambam in Pirish HaMishnayi says that they did fast in Bayez Shaini Tisha B'Av. For Bayez Even though they had a Beis Hamikdash, they fasted on Tisha B'Av, even though it was the middle of the second Beis HaMikdash. If so, the time of the Beis HaMikdash, there was seven months they went out. Seven months they went out. So the question is, are you going to af? If you go to the word af, af means also ear. In other words, including all the above, plus ear. That would mean the time of the Beis HaMikdash, it's not six, it's seven, because they're going out for of. That would work with the shita that and of there was a fast day, that's the Shittah Sarambam. But many, many Shittahs is that it was ridiculous to fast on Tisha B'Av and Bayez Shani. You're fasting for the Churban Hastacha Beis HaMikdash, it was rebuilt. So there was no of in Bayez Shani. If so, the Af wouldn't work. That's why, it's interesting, in some Mishnahis you don't have the Girsa Af. And it could be the Girsa is totally in this. If there was an Av in the time of the Beis HaMikdash or not. If there was an Av, do you say Af? Also? If not, it's not off. It's a new thing because the other months you didn't go out. Of you didn't go out. You have to exclude. And this would depend if it's taka six or sometimes it's seven. Ah, vas, vasak stu. Oh, oh, that's the svara. Since the beis hamikdash sheni was not the same caliber like the first, although it says gadol yek void habayis achim in arishin, and the gemara says it goes on by sheni, but that could be bishanim. It lasted longer. It lasted another ten years. But you're right, they were missing, you mean the five things, the Ari and the Shaman Amishka and all that. So that was the, that was the Tainus. Yeah, but you could understand there was a Beis Hamikdash, so. It's had other stuff. But that's an interesting Shaila. Did they fast Tishabov by Yashemi? The Rambam and Pirish says, yeah, many Rishonim say no. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.